program to bring you this important message. A confirmed attack is taking place against the United States. Aliens from an unknown location have been reported in multiple states. We are controlling transmission. There is another world that awaits, far beyond what we can see and feel. A place that's anything but ordinary. What you believe might not be. Step into the zone. Good evening from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. I am Jeremy Scott, somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal as we welcome you to another broadcast tonight. There are a few things, that, the, as they say, that are guarantees in life. It seems like more and more as life goes on, less is guaranteed. Am I right? Can I get a raise of hands and amen or a hallelujah? Especially the last couple of years. As far as those uncertainties are concerned, and we can throw everything in there, but one thing that is certain is that we and everyone around us will one day meet our demise. And so, you know, that starts a process. It starts the grieving process as we deal with the situation and try to cope with it and figure out how we're going to move on. And so when we lose someone, especially those that are close to us, and I've lost a few of them in my life and perhaps will, uh, again, the first thing that you may think of is, you know, I wish I had another moment with them. I wish I had another moment with that person. If only we had the chance to contact those who have passed on as say, a sense of closure. Closure for us, closure closure for them. Well, navigating the ethereal boundaries between the living and the dead is an ability which some are said to possess. Those who claim to be psychic are known to use their senses to make contact with the departed. We've heard many of those stories throughout the years on this program. It's it's something that cannot be explained by conventional science, and therefore it is perfect for us to discuss discuss under the into the paranormal umbrella. Psychic abilities are often associated with heightened or paranormal senses beyond, of course, the five traditional senses of sight, hearing, taste, and touch, smell. Those abilities include, of course, telepathy, which is the the transmission of thoughts or feelings between individuals. Clairvoyance, when one gains information about something without having direct interaction. Precognition is something we talked about just not long ago, actually. The ability to perceive or predict future events. Telekinesis, the power to move or manipulate objects with the mind. Uh, Psychometry, which is the uh, 
obtaining of information about a person or an event by touching objects that are related to them. But perhaps the the most common, though, is mediumship, which is communication with spirits or entities from the afterlife. Spectral whispers, as we're calling it tonight, whispers from something of or like a ghost. So uh, turn down the lights and uh, turn up the radio, friends. That would be my advice to you. As tonight we meet uh, two very special ladies who say they have some of these abilities and have dedicated their lives to helping others with their gifts. First, let's uh, meet Kelly Palmatier, who is with Channeling White Light. I am an empath, so I do feel the emotions of others. I'm clairvoyant, so I psychically see images. Clairaudient, so I hear messages. Clairalliant, so I get psychic smells. Clairsentient, so I physically feel the energy. And also claircognizant, so sometimes I just know things. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes she just knows things. Kelly Palmatier is a psychic medium. She received a message from the spirit of her great-grandfather as a child, went on to study parapsychology, and actively developed her psychic skills. It was in 2017 that she got a direct message from a spirit telling her to become a medium, which is something she now does full-time, resides in Asheville, North Carolina, and joins us here. Uh, Kelly and I met a couple of years ago at the Oregon Ghost Conference, and sometimes it just takes two years for us to uh, to get together and do a show, schedules, aligning, that sort of thing. Um, Kelly, welcome to the program. It's good to have you here. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So you say that you're, you're a natural-born psychic. What do you mean by that? Well, I believe that everybody has some level of intuition, and to call it psychic is really more about semantics and the depth to which you have worked at really strengthening those skills. In my case, when I was a child, I did experience a few paranormal experiences that would lead me to say that I've been psychic my entire life. But I definitely know that I actively worked at developing those skills all throughout high school and college and, you know, 30-something years since then. Yeah, absolutely. So, but you didn't realize uh, you had these abilities for some time, correct? Well, the psychic abilities I've known for decades. The mediumship is relatively new for me. You know, the, the interesting thing about mediumship, you know, psychic, as you were discussing earlier, Jeremy, psychic develop, development, psychic abilities are really all about the, the, um, extension where you are picking up information outside of the five physical senses. So that's what I refer to as psychic, whereas mediumship is where you can use those psychic skills to connect with loved ones who have crossed over. So I had those psychic skills for all those years, but I never really thought of myself as a medium until I got that direct message from spirit telling me to develop those skills more thoroughly and offer those services. Now, you say spirit, so is that, uh, is that a capital S? I, I did refer to it spirit with a capital S in that case because when I got the direct message telling me to become a medium, 
I was not a medium yet. So I don't know, you know, who was actually speaking to me at that point. I know that the way it happened was I was out in nature, sitting at the base of a waterfall, meditating, praying, getting in touch with nature and spirit. And I was talking with my loved ones who crossed over. And I just asked for guidance. I said, you know, I want to make a difference in the world. If there's something I can do to help others that I'm not already doing, please give me a sign and I'll try to follow it. Well, at the time I was expecting something subtle, you know, a a friend loans me a book or something like that. But what I got was a direct message just popped into my head on the spot telling me that I should become a medium to channel loved ones uh, who've crossed over. So I was like, oh, okay, Uh, how shall I do this? And the answer just popped into my head, read books, spend time in meditation, and connect with other psychics and mediums. So I started doing all of that right away. By the end of the month, I was channeling. Even then, it felt so easy. I thought, you know, am I humoring myself? Am I kidding myself? Is this just lucky? I put it out there on the internet in a local Facebook group that I would offer free readings just to get the experience. And it ended up going viral in my local community so that I ended up doing multiple readings every night and uh, weekend days for weeks on end. And finally, at one point, I remember I was speaking to somebody in a mediumship reading and I said, is there a Ray or a Roy? And everybody in the room gasped. (gasps) His name is Roy Ray. And I thought, oh my, holy wow, I am really doing this. (laughs) So in that case, you got both names. Yes, actually, that was my first exact double name. So tell us uh, more about this experience, which uh, happened when you were young, uh, I think as young as eight. Yeah, so, so that's definitely my first mediumship experience, although I didn't really think of myself as a medium. I didn't really identify in that way at the time, but um, we were sitting around the the dining table after dinner one night, and my, my papa, that's my stepfather who raised me, uh, he suggested that we have a seance. I know, I know. Not every family has seances at the dinner table, right? But um, Uh, It just happened that way in my house. And so we lit a candle and uh, my papa, my mom, and my sister and I sat around the table and my papa just guided us that if we felt like we were getting any messages to speak up. And it took a little while, but then I just felt like um, I was hearing this message that I felt like I should convey. And that was that My mom was going to get a job that she had applied for in Atlanta, which was 400 miles away at the time, and we should start looking for a house. So all of that came to pass. You know, my mother ended up getting the job. Um, My parents found a great house, and we moved. At the time we were in Florida, we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And as they say, the rest is history, right? (laughs) The rest is history. That is true. And so you, did you have other experiences that, uh, that were um, opening your mind to this possibility that you could have these psychic abilities? Well, psychic abilities, yes. Um, I did. I remember one of my earliest psychic 
psychic, psychic memories was when I was a, even younger than eight, I was probably around six when my sister and I were um, hanging out. My sister was doing a card trick for me. Pick a card, any card, and I'll tell you what you picked. So, you know, I picked a card and my sister, my older sister made a great show of concentrating before um, dramatically announcing the card that I had picked. Well, I was just in awe and thought it was the best thing ever. And I said, let me try, let me try. And I turned it around and I told her exactly what card she had picked. Of course, at this point, her jaw drops. And I realized that what she had done was a calculated card trick, whereas I had spontaneously read her mind. <laughs> Interesting. And so after a life of these experiences, uh, you decided at some point to uh, to take some training to develop these uh, abilities further. Yeah, um, I didn't actually have formal training, but I definitely decided to develop my skills. I did a lot of reading um, throughout high school. In high school, back, this was long before the days of caller ID, and I would actually answer the phone by greeting my friends by name. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Jean. Hi, Mitchell. And they, uh, you know, they were all always shocked and amused. Yeah, before cell phones, before you could uh, turn on ringtones for certain individuals, or see who was calling, or, or ask it to call for you. We're talking with uh, Kelly Palmatier. I'm Jeremy Scott. Selling uh, somewhere between the paranormal and abnormal will continue right after this. Into the paranormal. the dial tonight somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal i'm talking with kelly palmatier her website channeling whitelight.com so uh answering the phone uh as a teenager and able to tell who's on the other line and greeting them with their name uh that had to uh, blow some minds back in that day it did. It did. And, uh, you know, when you're a teenager and you can pull off something so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was great. All right. So uh, continue your story for us. Where did it go from there? Well, I continued to develop my psychic skills in college. Uh, in particular, I did study um, parapsychology at the University of Kent at Canterbury in England under Professor Chris Cherry, and did a lot of different interesting experiments there. Uh, and then also I mentored under professional psychic Joe Wynn in Sussex, England, and she taught me how to read tarot cards and so much more valuable information for developing my skills. So it was, it was um, back then is when I started doing the readings, and I've been doing them ever since. I did it for family and friends for decades and then um, finally started offering my services professionally back when Spirit told me to become a medium. All right, so talk about the methods and the difference between a psychic versus mediumship readings. Well, a psychic reading is great for getting insight into the path you're on at the moment and what may be coming up for you in the future, whereas a mediumship reading is good for reconnecting with loved ones who've crossed over. When I do a psychic reading, I do use a combination 
of reading the tarot cards and just tuning in directly to the energy. You know, it's really easy to learn to read tarot cards, and I think that's why it's a starting point for a lot of would-be psychics. But, um, you know, to get to the point where, where you're also able to pick up things simply by reading the energy, that has taken me additional years to really be able to develop. So is that, does that come from two different parts of the brain uh, when you're doing the readings? Do you have to literally channel uh, certain information from certain areas? I'm just wondering. Well, I would love to have a brain scan that gives me that answer. Um, I I can't be sure. That's the the honest answer. I can tell you that there are different techniques that I use. For example, when I'm going into mediumship work, I I do have a particular ritual phrase that I say when I'm opening the session and then when I'm closing the session. But it's not exclusive. I do like to allow for pop-ins. So sometimes I'll be doing just a psychic reading but I'll get a little pop in from spirit as well. Interesting. And you say uh, you're an evidential medium as well. What does that mean? Right. So an evidential medium, that just means that I pick up on details such as a spirit's appearance, their personality, how they passed, or even exact names. Lately, I've been getting exact names in about 60% of my readings. And I find that's really helpful when I'm doing mediumship readings to to really, you know, bring the person through literally. So not this was Sailor Jim from, you know, XYZ, but this was Jim so-and-so. Um, well, I don't get as many last names. I have gotten last names before, but um, but first names are usually what I'll get. So, for example... So you don't get Ray um, you know, Roy all the time, or you know. <laughs> right, right. right. Well, we got to we got to pause because we are at the bottom of the hour with uh, Kelly Palmatier, and a good point to take our break as we continue our program tonight. I'm Jeremy Scott from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. Spectral whispers will continue into the paranormal. This is Paranormal News, and the Doomsday Clock reads... It is 90 seconds to midnight. The clock, which symbolically shows how close the world is to nuclear Armageddon, is unchanged from last year. The clock is set by the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. They said a new nuclear arms race, war, climate change, and artificial intelligence are all factors. Today's clock setting was was still overshadowed uh, by the war in in Ukraine, uh, but also the war uh, in Gaza. The Doomsday Clock was created in 1940 by Robert Oppenheimer and fellow U.S. scientists who developed the atomic bomb. At 90 seconds, the hands are the closest they have been to midnight. George Henry, Paranormal News.
listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? We have a message for you. Hang on for the ride. You're headed into the paranormal. Spectral Whispers. Tonight on the program, I'm Jeremy Scott, and we're here with uh, psychic medium Kelly Palmatier, channeling whitelight.com. As far as the names go, which come through during some of these readings, sometimes it is uh, a a first name, uh, not so often last name, uh, sometimes what you get just uh, an initial as well. Sure. There are definitely times when I get an initial. Sometimes I'll get a name where I hear the name in my head and I can just speak the full name at once. And then other times I'll get little parts of the name or a feel for the name. For example, I might say this feels like it's two syllables. It feels like it ends with the letter Y or that E sound, or it feels like it starts with the letter M, Molly, or something like that. And so you've gotten better at getting these exact names over time, right? Yes, absolutely. The first few times I got exact names, it was so exciting. I would jump up and down. I would tell my husband all about it. You know, it was so exciting. Um, But now uh, it's so common that I I don't even don't even tell anybody about it uh, when it happens. It's just that's normal. I did a reading today where I got five exact names in one reading. (laughs) <laughs> all right so when when you do a psychic reading uh are you basically telling someone uh about their future maybe uh employment uh love life financial situation uh the whole nine yards yeah i mean certainly that's going to be your your uh, stereotypical information that you would see in a psychic reading if you watched it in a movie or something like that. But I I will say I believe in free will, and I believe that the future has multiple pathways of of potentiality. So I wouldn't say that precognition or, you know, seeing into the future is my strongest skill. Um, Definitely it does happen, but usually I'm, I'm really good about discussing the path that you're on at the moment and that that's going to include what may be coming up for you in the future but i can really talk about energetic trends you know it feels like like if you're at a crossroads in life for example and you've got a couple of different career opportunities i can say that this one i feel that you'll be making really great money but you won't be as happy in it or this other one you know you'll you'll feel very fulfilled by it so things like that, just to be you know more in line with real life. And then on the medium side of things, is it most common that uh, people are wanting to contact departed loved ones? Yes, that's definitely what people come to me for the most, to reconnect with loved ones who have crossed over. And it really brings them, in most cases, it brings them a sense of inner peace, just to know that their loved ones are actually, you know, do continue on into the afterlife and 
you know, to know that they, they are able to watch over them. They are able to hear them because I'll pick up on things like the spirit will talk about, this is a conversation that you had just yesterday and I was there for it. Right. Uh, what kinds of people, uh, things are, the individual is the individual wanting to know for instance i mentioned at the beginning it could be an uh help someone uh find closure uh in the event of someone's passing um are these individuals wanting you know some sort of confirmation that that someone's okay on the other side or or what what yeah certainly that is a, a big theme yes a lot of people just want to know that their loved one really did make it to the other side, that their loved one really is okay. But then, you know, there's curiosity that sets in. People want to know things like, could you hear me when I was there in the room with you in the hospital? Uh, You know, I had somebody ask me not too long ago. She said that when I was in the hospital, when my grandmother was passing, she had said there was a woman in the room, but then she became nonverbal. Can you tell me who was in the room with her? And I told my client, as soon as you started to talk about someone in the room with her, I heard the name Rose. And my client says, that's her sister. Interesting. Other experiences like that you've, you've experienced as well through uh, this mediumship work? Oh, yes. I mean, I, I get stuff like that happening to me all the time. Uh, you know, multiple times a day, I get crazy things coming through. Interesting. So, uh, how how is the individual who's getting the reading uh, sure that who they're getting the reading from hasn't you know like done a whole bunch of research or paid people to do research and and, and found this information somehow on them? I guess like uh, researching you ahead of time. Yes, that's a that's a big passion of mine to to help people avoid psychic scammers because it's unfortunately it does happen in this industry. You know, we've got we've got hot reading, we've got cold cold reading and um and and outright con artists. So, uh, a cold reading is something that where you're looking at somebody and you can say, "Oh, they're wearing a wedding ring. I'm going to talk about a spouse." You know, that's that's very low-level cold reading stuff. A real psychic, a good psychic, will be able to say, oh, they're wearing a wedding ring, and yet I don't feel the energy of a spouse. Uh, it seems they may be going through a separation. Uh, and then hot reading is where uh, someone who's claiming to be psychic actually does research on a client ahead of time taking the name from the booking appointment and Googling it or looking up social media or that sort of thing. I, uh, it's, I absolutely never look up my clients. It's, in my opinion, one of the most egregious uh, things that you can do as a medium because people aren't coming to me to learn about my Google skills. You know, sure, I'm very good at Googling, but that's not what they come to me for. And so in those cases, one of the things that I suggest is if you have any concern whatsoever, get a friend to book the appointment for you. So you don't even have to give your name for the for the appointment booking. Right. They'll spend all the time doing the research on someone else and then you show up (laughs) and and there you go. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, that's uh, certainly a red flag. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that there are individuals out there, uh, who, who, who do that. Uh, you've worked with law enforcement in some cases, right? 
I have, yeah. That's that's really interesting. It's a completely different experience to work with law enforcement than it is to because work with Because you can't get away, you know, scamming the police. Uh, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, I mean, true. You would hope that that's the case. Um, I'm sure that there are, uh, unfortunately, gullible people in all professions. But, um, but yes, I don't scam the police either. Uh, yeah, so it's interesting, though, when you're working with the police, it's a completely different experience than working with a private client. Because when I'm working with a client, I can say something like, um, you know, I'm getting the name Rose. And, and my client will say, yeah, that's her sister. And we both immediately know it's a direct hit. Yay, everything's good. The energy's flowing. Keep going in that direction. Whereas when I'm working with law enforcement, I can give an exact name and there's radio silence on the other end. You know, nobody's cracking a smile. Um, you know, nobody's nodding their head. And, and so I just think, well, gee, I, I wonder if that's right. You know, and, and even after the sessions, um, I don't get feedback until the case is closed because they can't give any information out at all because it, it could hinder the investigation. Right. So, uh, but, but is it safe to say that, uh, that your input has been vital in, in the cases that you've assisted with? Well, what I can say is that they were shocked and amazed by what I told them. So they couldn't tell me what it was that I picked up, what it was that I got right. But um, the way I operate when I'm working with law enforcement is I'll start off just by doing a, a free video where, you know, they can send me a photo of a victim and then I will do a, a, an initial free video conference con, consultation where I just open up the video while I'm recording myself. Uh, I, I open up the photo while I'm recording myself on video and I just talk about all the impressions that I'm getting. And then if, if I'll send that to them and if it seems like I'm on the right track, then they can follow up with a free zoom call where they can interview me and ask me questions. Because so, uh, you obviously are not the killer, but if you have certain information that, say, maybe only the killer would know, mm -hmm. well, here, here you go. Yes, yeah. And so, you know, I've, I've gotten uh, law enforcement uh, after they get the video. In fact, um, one case that I thought was particularly interesting is that they didn't even tell me the actual officer name or the actual precinct that I was working with until after they got my video. And then... They said, now that we've watched your video, we believe you are legitimate. <laughs> well, you have that going for you. Uh, that's certain. How can you be certain where this information is coming from? You know, I would like to be 100% certain exactly what's what, because I, I do have that, my own skeptical side of my brain, um, despite what I do. I, I will say that, you know, it's certainly possible, like say, for example, I'm sitting with a client and I pick up on some information. Theoretically, I could have picked it up from telepathy where I'm reading their mind instead of from the spirit directly. There are two ways that I know of where I can be more certain. One is there are times when I can physically feel the energy of spirit. It's like, it feels almost like the energy around you, the air around you is a bit thicker. The atmosphere shifts a little bit. 
Um, and I actually tend to pick it up more on my left side of my body. So that is a physical sensation where I know spirit is with me. Um, the other thing is that it's interesting. There have been times when information came through that's like a double blind type of a situation. I don't know what I'm what the situation is because I don't know their loved ones, but I'll pick up on something like a dog named Peppermint. And then the client doesn't know anything about it either. And so she just uh, you know writes it down and says, oh, well, maybe it's wrong. And then she gets back home and talks to her sister. And her sister says, oh, yeah, grandpa had a dog named Peppermint. So that's like a double blind. I didn't know the, about the dog. My client didn't know about the dog. And yet, and yet we were able to validate it later. So then you know it's not telepathy. What is it like uh, doing readings in person versus on camera? And uh, I guess, does it matter whether you're doing it for groups of uh, individuals or at the one-on-one -on -one level? Yeah, so uh, once the pandemic started, I, start, I did so many remote readings that I was just recording all of my readings. So I actually got used to doing work on camera. So it's not a big deal. Now, obviously, if I get up in front of a large group, it's that the nerves can kick in a little bit. But it's interesting when I'm doing work in front of a group, the nice thing is that I can just talk to whichever spirit is the loudest or the strongest. You know, if I'm with a client, it's their grandmother or nobody and their grandmother. I better hope that she's loud enough for me to hear. <laughs> so some are, are, are louder or softer than others, oh, uh, maybe absolutely. more rambunctious, uh, we mm -hmm. could say as well, more vocal. Yes. Just like indi yes. certain individuals in life. That, that's exactly correct. Yes. Yeah. And so a lot of times when I'm having trouble connecting, I'll, I'll pause and I'll say, wait a minute. Was your mother really quiet, really shy? Yes, she was. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will hold that thought, come back, and uh, talk with Kelly Palmatier for a little bit while, a lo while longer. Channeling White Light is her website. I'm Jeremy Scott. If you'd like to call in in the United States or Canada, you can join us at 503-506-0396, 503-506-0396, or on Skype at ITP51. More to come. Into the Paranormal, I'm Jeremy Scott, uh, talking uh, about spirit contact uh, through a mediumship. And uh, in doing so, uh, Kelly Palmatier, you were telling us that some spirits are louder than others. So in certain instances, uh, when you go into scenarios, you encounter multiple spirits, and um, they all act differently. Yes, that's true. Uh, any of them evil spirits that you've encountered? Yes, I actually work only in the realm of light in my case, um, hence the name channeling white light. And I, when I'm starting up my mediumship work each session, I, I actually specify that I'm asking only for spirits uh, or guides of high vibration or benevolent intent. 
So I have channeled a murderer, for example, but it was a murderer who was remorseful and had benevolent intent. And in that case, my client was hoping to connect with that murderer to understand why he did what he did. All right. What about physical manifestations? Is that something that you've encountered? Yes, it's definitely not common when I'm doing mediumship work, um, but it does happen. And certainly in my personal life, I've experienced physical manifestations. Um, For example, I had a situation where there was a knocking ghost at a home that I lived in when I was a child. And then I also had a situation where my the spirit of my mother did an apport actually moved a physical object in my home about six feet away um, from a um, surface that was low up to a surface that was higher up and then i had another physical situation where i captured a photograph of a ghost um, at the reed house hotel in chattanooga um, chattanooga tennessee So, yeah, I've had a few different situations. I don't know how we're doing on time if you want to hear any of those stories. I'm interested about the knocking one. Uh, So what? You you heard knocking, and then you went in pursuit, and there was nothing there or something like that? Something like that, yeah. When I was a child, we had just moved into a new home, and I was upstairs um, changing when I heard a knock on the bedroom door. And it was a very solid, normal knock, knock, knock. And because I was changing, I said, who is it? And nobody answered. And then a a few moments later, I heard it again, a very solid, normal knock. And again, I said, who is it? And there was no answer. So when I finished changing, I, I came out and nobody was upstairs with me. I went downstairs and accused my sister of knocking on the door and running. You know, we were children at the time, and I just was indignant. Why did you knock on the door and run? That's so childish. And um, my sister insisted that she had not. So could you hear uh, the footsteps? There were no footsteps. It was only the knocking. And so at that point, I was arguing with my sister, and finally my mother chimed in and said, Kelly, your sister has been downstairs with me the entire time you you were upstairs. So that made us all pause and think, wow, that's pretty wild. Well, later that evening, we told my papa, my stepdad, about it. And he said, oh, well, the first night we were here in this new house, I heard a knock on my door. And I said, come in. And I felt the energy of a spirit come into the room and welcome us to the house. So that was pretty wild. We never heard the knocking spirit again until the last night when we were ready to move out. My papa said that he heard a knock on the door, said come in, and felt the energy of a spirit come in to say goodbye. Yeah, no uh, door needed in that case. Kelly, that's all the time we have. Tell us where we can find you. Well, you've said it a few times, definitely my website, channelingwhitelight.com. There you can read my reviews, you can watch video excerpts of my actual readings, you can see my full availability, book appointments, read about my services and my sliding scale rates, etc. Next time uh, we hear a knock, it is not going to be the same, Kelly. (laughs) 
Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Appreciate uh, you as well and staying up late with us as we uh, beam the signal across the USA. We'll have more somewhere between the paranormal and abnormal as we roll over into the next hour. I'm Jeremy Scott into the paranormal. Thank you for making Into the Paranormal the number one podcast on TalkStream Live's Paranormal Radio app. One of those uh, moments we've uh, talked about so far on the program, uh, right around this hour. Well, I mean, it could happen at any hour, but, you know, as it gets later and later, they say up around 3 a.m. is when uh, this is most active. So we've got a little ways to go, but who knows. Continuing our our program tonight, as, uh, you know, we discussed in the first hour of the show, a wide-ranging uh, plethora, as they say, um, of experiences individuals have had that, that run the gamut. We've heard about some of those so far. These experiences are perhaps may, maybe even more common than we might think of. 45% say they have had a sudden feeling of connecting with something from beyond this world. 38% say that they have had a strong feeling that someone who passed away was communicating with them from beyond this world. 30% say they have personally encountered a spirit or unseen spiritual force. Uh, That poll just out last month from the Pew Research Center. They do a lot of political polls, but they also dip into the uh, paranormal and the supernatural. Um, Take it for what it's worth. I think that these uh, beliefs are probably more common than many would care to admit. I mean, you look at events like the Oregon Ghost Conference, which we'll be attending again this year. Come down and join us uh, 22nd through the 24th of March in Seaside, Oregon. And I mean, the reason that those events exist and why uh, television shows and documentaries are made is because people enjoy... Uh, that kind of content they 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 like hearing about uh uh well ghost stories from time to time contacting the afterlife communication uh with the dead psychics and and the whole nine yards which is uh, right down our alley and to continue our conversation i'd like you to meet tiffany warren someone opens the door for these things to come in she asked me 
what I saw in her house. And I told her it was a thing that looked like a reptile, a type of demon. She asked why it was there when she had a crucifix and rosary sitting in the house. I asked her if she had prayed that rosary or sat in connection with those items. She said no. I told her they won't work unless they are used. In fact, the demon was dancing around them to mock the fact that it could. A soul story of sorts. Tiffany Warren is a psychic intuitive from the Los Angeles area who's been helping people for the past 15 years when it comes to hauntings and energy clearing and developing abilities. She's been aware of her abilities since the age of 12 and has honed her skills from different spiritual workers and shamans over the years. Tiffany shares her stories through her YouTube channel. You can look it up, Soul Stories, where she tells of her, her experiences. And she's here right now. Tiffany, welcome to the program. Hey, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you here. Uh, so what was that story that we just heard about a moment ago? So that story is called Monster Woman. And uh, that happened a few years back. I was, it, it was a weird thing because I was actually, I had a dream maybe a week or two prior. And excuse me, in the dream, it was just crazy because usually when you have, you know, the type of abilities that I have, you'll have these vivid dreams or something that will give you a heads up kind of thing. So it was a heads up kind of dream. I was sitting in a house with two women and they were horrified they were they were really scared and i was trying to understand what was going on and then i thought they were like something is in here now this is all in the dream and um in the dream something jumped me and i could feel it like as if i were going through it and i my vocal timbre my tone was distorted and i was I remember in the dream, I was saying, if you just get the Hail Marys out and it it was like the worst struggle. And so while I was struggling in the dream to get the Hail Mary out, I was starting to get the words out, but, and then I woke up and I was really, really shook up. And I thought, yeah, something's, something's coming up that I'm, that's going to need my assistance. Sure enough. um, And this was a, a friend of mine and she had she called me and they were thinking like it was just something you know like an entity or something in their home and i can look into things from afar different if i'm somewhere else and they're um in a different place so that's what happened and she's i didn't want to scare her i was i was i didn't want to tell her what it was and she um she asked me, she's like, no, tell me what it is. And I said, well, I said, it's demonic. And it's a, you know, demons come in different shapes, different levels. And I said, it's very strange. It looks like a reptile. And I haven't seen this before. And she was just so freaked out. And it was already about 10 or 11 at night. And she said, she's like, get over here right now. And I was like, okay. And that was, that was an event, um, that whole clearing. And, uh, after 
we cleared the place and it, there were two women. It was her and a friend that was staying with her. Uh, so my friend has three daughters and at the time two of them were at home, but the younger one was sleeping. The next morning she sent me this text message and I read it word for word in my soul story. Uh, her little girl woke up and went into the room with her and said, um, you know, mommy, I had a dream and it was about a monster woman. And she proceeded to tell her this wild story about this monster woman who was tying people up at the feet and tying her up. And she said, then all of a sudden she, she let us go. She decided she didn't want to eat people anymore. Oh, wow. So yeah, (laughs) my friend and I were both like, wow like just thrown back i mean when she she wrote that to me the next morning and the crazy thing is her her daughter at the time uh she's 16 now or about to turn 16 but she was like six at the time six or seven and she was like nowhere near what we were doing she was completely knocked out you know sleeping and yeah that was her story the next morning so either uh, you dream hacked her or you had a little bit of a precognition. <laughs> yeah, and um, interesting enough, um, her daughter has has abilities as well. Um, and, I, and I did tell her, I, I said, you know, it's interesting because she does have abilities. But um, I, I believe her abilities allowed her to see what was going on. But I think whatever was in the house, it was also trying to get her um you know demons don't care if you're an adult or a child they'll they'll try to get you and it was it was crazy and i remember the whole thing we went through the i always go through the entire house i ask um first i ask if i have you know permission to take over and it's easier for me because you can't do much if someone doesn't really believe or if they don't really want you to do anything. I'm like, well, then I can't, you know, I, I just, I'm like, I can't do anything if you, if you're not going to allow me to. So she gave me authority over the space and, and I told, I said, open every door. And so it's a uh, blessing. It's a clearing and it's a, you know, archangels, all of my, my, soul circle i call upon them uh to get that thing out it was it was a weird strange strange one i haven't seen one like that since but that was the first time i had seen uh yeah one like that so when was the first time that you uh you you had one of these experiences um probably when i was about 15 um I was just starting to have the dreams. I didn't know what was going on. I knew I had a very close, connected relationship with God. Never doubted that. Um, Never had a reason to doubt it. And I knew I had this relationship with Christ God and the Blessed Mother. Um, And it was just, that was actually presented to me first. 
Um, I would dream about Christ. I would see his face, his eyes. I would see and hear the Blessed Mother in my ear. Um, it was it was magnificent. It was beautiful. Um, angelic voices, you know, things glowing. I, I, that was all so uh, precious to me because I thought, wow, this is, is this happening to like everyone, you know, in the world? And then it, it seemed like it was preparing me. So one night when I was 15, um, well, let me back up. When I was in sixth grade, uh, I was staying after class to, you have to, the chores after class to like clean the chalkboard or something back in the day. And so oh, were I'm you cleaning. in trouble or something? No, no, I was a good girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, Cause I never had all... to do that. <laughs> it was Catholic school. So you had to put oh, your hours. In. <laughs> I, I got you. Thank you for clarifying. And so you, you could like wash the board or, you know, you'd spend time doing your, your chores, oh. everybody has their chores on the board. Okay. And, uh, and so anyway, the, I was standing over by these books and there was a statue of the blessed mother and the nun who was my teacher at the time she came over. It was sister Donna May, I believe. And she said, she said, do you know what that statue is about? And I looked and I said, it's the blessed mother. And she's like, yes. She said, but what is she standing on? And I looked and I said, she's standing on a snake. And she said, and what is she standing over? And it was like this, it's a very popular statue, of course, in the Catholic Church. And she's standing over the world. And she said, well, that snake is Satan. And she's standing on him because she crushed his head. Like, she's telling me this whole thing. And she looked at me and she said, any time that you feel that he's near or you're scared, she said, you call on her. She said she is the strongest to get him out, to make him leave you alone. So from that day forward, I always had rosaries hanging on my bedpost. And I felt like, okay, I'm surrounded. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my protection up. Well, when I was 15. All right, we got to hold that thought. When you were 15, you've got your rosaries up and you think you're protected. What happens next? Tiffany Warren from Soul Stories will continue our program. I'm Jeremy Scott. Into the paranormal. paranormal. Spectral whispers tonight. Somewhere between the paranormal and abnormal, I'm Jeremy Scott, talking with Tiffany Warren. All right, so... um. Activity continue. Uh, you've got your rosaries up. Uh, did you have to call on the Blessed Mother? I did. Um, that <clears throat> evening, I was actually sleeping, and I woke up to sounds in my room. I, and I couldn't see anything, but I could hear them, and it didn't sound um, inviting. I, I was really frightened and I wasn't really thinking clear because I was, you know, awakened and I felt, and it, this is pretty common when people go through something like this. Um, I felt this sort of numbness go through my body and completely, you know, paralyze me. 
And I was sweating and I felt sick and I knew that there was something in my room and I kept thinking like, they're going to kill me. I'm going to die. And that's all I could think of. I was like, my mom's going to be so sad. She's going to come in my room in the morning. I'm going to be bad. And I just, I was, I was like in a panic because I couldn't move my body, my arms, nothing. And then all of a sudden I could move my hands and I reached up and my rosaries were right there and I touched it. And I said, Blessed Mother, help me. And I felt like this cooling hand go across my forehead. And once I felt that, I became completely calm and I fell asleep. And that was it. Like there, whatever it was, it was gone. And yes, I do believe she came that night to protect me. And she has... um ever since like my whole life so you've had contact with with demons and and ordinary uh spirits yes absolutely and uh, you can tell them apart i can yes very much it's it's very different <laughs> when uh even if it's a a spirit or an entity that is you know evil or 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 just not you know in the right energy I can still tell the difference, and it's a certain way that I receive the energy. Um, demons have a very specific feeling and the different types, and yes, I can absolutely tell the difference. Okay, so do you have to handle them then differently if you're trying to get rid of them? Absolutely. Um, there is a an awesome psychic medium amy allen and she uh she's done a lot of studies and i was watching her one time and she said what i pretty much knew and had learned from being around uh clergy growing up and especially the jesuits uh they're an order of priests and she said that you know when you're dealing with demons something demonic like they have to obey religion they have to obey the formula that was set to kind of get rid of them and so uh yeah i have a different a completely different way of handling them and when i came into my understanding of what the of different things of me kind of bumping into them i always meditate and ask for clarity on what is it so i know how to handle it and it all comes down to energy, doesn't it? Absolutely. We'll continue that thought. Tiffany Warren from Soul Stories. You can check out her YouTube channel. I'm Jeremy Scott. From the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon, somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, somewhere between paranormal and abnormal, into the paranormal continues. This is Paranormal News. 
Astronomers are scratching their heads over an unexpected signal from outside our galaxy. Scientists analyzing data from the Fermi Gamma Ray Space Telescope discovered, quote, an unexpected and yet unexplained feature outside of our galaxy, end quote. A team with NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center said the signal was much stronger and in a different part of the sky than the one they were looking for. It could be related to a cosmic gamma ray feature observed in 2017, and it's possible that both signals originate from the same source. A separate discovery in the heart of an ancient star cluster is a mystery. New observations show that one of the brightest globular clusters in the Milky Way is emanating unusual radio waves. A research team from the International Center for Radio Astronomy Research found a signal in the center of a cluster some 14,500 light years from the sun. They believe it may have been produced by a medium-sized black hole or Pulsar. George Henry, Paranormal News. I see spirits, that I have spiritual abilities. I first heard that spirit voice when I was about 30. They took me on many journeys to understand the many levels and many different levels of the spirit world. They send messages using signs. Signs are anything that reminds you of a loved one that has passed on. As a medium, I can connect to the other side, to deceased loved ones. The ability to talk to our loved ones on the other side. Clearing is reaching out to earthbound spirits and asking them to go to the passage of light and love. Dial into the pair of normal from the U.S. and Canada at 503-506-0396. Or reach us internationally on Skype at ITP51. I am Jeremy Scott, somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal. Psychic intuitive Tiffany Warren from Soul Stories is joining us tonight. So, Tiffany, uh, we talked about the, the different entities that you've come in contact with. And you also help people in dealing with them. Yes, I do. That has been uh, something that I figured why I was going through all of this sort of training uh, was to eventually start to help people. And I have for a very long time. And so what kinds of things uh, do you do? Are you talking about a little bit of uh, cleansing? Yeah, I I will go in and assist um, wherever I'm needed as long as it's, you know, um, a spiritual situation. I always, um, I, I get calls in or emails or I have other spiritualists or shaman, they refer people to me. And I will first speak to the individual to assess, you know, if they're coming from a real place. And then um, typically I will ask them if I can go in and read them. When I go in and do a reading I ask people not to give me any information so that I stay honest. And um, they can answer yes or no to a question. And I'll sit with them. I'll look into it to see if it is something, you know, that we need to be worried about or if it's something that maybe they're going through their own energy is sort of creating an atmosphere. And so we um, decipher and assess 
And a lot of the times it's, well, you know, it's a little bit of both. And uh, I feel like I help them. They always say how they feel so much better or their home feels so much better. Um, I did clear a school one time. There were a group of teachers that were so frightened in this school. It was a little preschool. Uh, they had moved all of the furniture from one, from one side of the room to the other, and no one would go to the other side. And that was pretty intense because they had, you know, the, the little preschoolers running around, and one of the little boys went to the uh, teacher and said, I can't go back there. There's a, a woman back there. Like, there were, there were a lot of things going on in the school. And when I got called in, um, when I when I walked in, I couldn't believe. I mean, it was li- literally they had taken all the furniture and everything and moved it to a different side of the, of the room, just completely. No one would go to one side of the room. So, in in certain situations where there are maybe multiple entities, are you able to uh, sense that? Yes, always. Um, I went, that actually was one situation. Now, when I first started, it wasn't like, I, was, I wasn't like a full-on expert. And it, there were a lot of things that were draining me. And I, I could see them and hear them, but I still had a, a lot of fear inside of myself. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. But once I um, assisted others more, Um, I got very clear and started to trust myself. This particular school had three different entities going on and it was, it was just wild. And uh, it, one of the teachers thought she could handle it. And so in her efforts, she made it worse uh, so, yeah, so I had to go in and handle that. That was exhausting. I actually had to go home and sleep for like two hours. So it is it is very exhausting when you deal with stuff like that. So when you enter places, can you then uh, sense that that there is uh, something present versus other places that you go where you don't get that same feeling? Absolutely. Every time it's, it's so busy in my, my life and in my um, psychic eye and in my senses that um, I had, I have to protect myself every day and I have to sort of pull myself away from it so that I can, I can handle it, whatever I'm seeing and or sensing um, so I've gotten pretty good with that, although there are lots of little surprises, but yeah, I can go in and sometimes I don't even know though, because it, there, it was a situation holiday a few years back. I was in a grocery store. <laughs> this actually took me by surprise because most of the time when I walk out the door, I'm not thinking, you know, like, Ooh, I'm a psychic medium <laughs> or I've got abilities that I'm going to see. I'm thinking about, I have to go to target and <laughs> pick right. this up or, you know, I'm Trader Joe's. And I really am one to debunk things. I'm not like, ooh, it's happening. I don't call things in because I don't really, I don't really want to see them. But I can. But anyway, I was in the grocery store, and 
I was totally focused on grabbing something and this woman came up on the side of me and I thought it was so rude. And she just like reached right over me and, and she was grabbing something and, and I moved like my body reacted because I thought, wow, that's a little close. And I gave her a look and then I turned around and she turned and when she looked at me and I realized that she realized I could see her. It was the weirdest thing in the world. And I just started speed walking because I was like, I am not dealing with this right now. I just came in to grab some food. Like sometimes I, I just get like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I want to deal with this right now. But yeah, I can see it, sense it. And um, I can sense things around other people and what's going on with them. If I look at them or if I see a picture of them. Um, yeah, it's quite, quite busy. And quite of course, busy uh, any attachments they may have as well. Oh yeah. I had a guy, um, I was in my office and he walked to my door. I first time I met him and my head was down looking at paperwork and all of a sudden it was like somebody had just blocked out the sun <laughs> and I was, I was like, what is going on? And I looked up and yeah, he was tall, but there was something much taller behind him. He had a much bigger shadow. Much bigger. And I just stared at him because I didn't know him. And he was introducing himself to me. And then um, after a while of getting to know him, he was like really agitated about something. And I said, look, it's my job to tell you this. So however you receive it, you know, you're going to receive it. And he was blown away when I told him my first meeting with him. Then he sent me a picture. So he's he's a rap artist. And he sent me a picture of like a promo shot and there was him. And in the back, there was like this shadow thing coming right over his shoulders. It was crazy. He was like, is this what you saw? And he was flipped out. So I spend a a lot of time calming people down because they, people are just, they're horrified and and frightened. And it, it makes me sad that things are scaring them like this. Yeah. You know, it really takes a lot out of them. Right. And so how do you, you know, yourself protect yourself when you go into these uh, situations? So before going in, I have <clears throat> my bracelets, which depending on which one they are, um, I do wear black tourmaline and I wear... um hematite now those are to keep negative energies away my more uh, powerful piece of jewelry is i have this selenite necklace and it's it selenite is definitely my crystal (laughs) it's my stone i have it all over my house um and i really do feel a power coming from it it's it's symbolically the angelic realm and so that that definitely keeps me uh protected but i do call upon um i have a team and it's ganesh goddess kali christ of course his mother mary and um the archangels especially archangel michael so i pay attention and i study you know (laughs) Who did God make to fight these things? Because it's not just happening now. This has been happening for for centuries. And I call them in to to, uh, protect me. 
and then my mom who passed uh passed away and my and my father uh but they do come in and protect me uh, every once in a while when i need it so i have a good team and uh, i just make sure that i'm clear daily i do prayers every morning and every night uh, because I know if I don't, I'm going to leave myself open to something I don't necessarily want to be open to. You know, I mentioned the energy part earlier. Uh, that's, I mean, really what we're dealing with is, yes, there are spirits, but if there is negative energy, uh, they may cling to that more uh, than they might in another situation. Oh, absolutely. Well, they, they feed off of that. They feed off of... Um, you know, broken homes and arguing and fighting and, and when you're feeling negative and, you know, I, I mean, it's wild. They, they're attracted to that because that's as far as you uh, away from God as you can get from God's light. And they don't want you near God's light because it's easier to get you when you're not being protected. So um, that's a huge thing, that energy. And I try, I always give people like a piece of Palo Santo or something. And I'm like, you know, light it daily and just be with yourself. Like whatever your belief is, I don't care. Just be centered with yourself and make sure that you're okay. Because a lot of times when you're outside of your body, now this is like when you're walking and you're outside of your body, you're just not paying attention and you're tripping or you run into something or whatever. Um, because you're not centered and you're not grounded. And I teach people how to do that so that they can, you know, they can protect themselves better and be a little bit more calm. We're living in a very strange time where everything is upheaval right now. And when I see the spiritual stuff that's going around, I understand why we're in upheaval. So it's really important for people to turn into themselves, meditate, and protect themselves. So the messages have gotten more dire uh, of late. Absolutely. Yeah. I can only They're imagine. Big... Mm-hmm. It's a big job. Um, I noticed that some people with abilities have just had to take time off. I had to take time off. I'm actually coming out of a seven-month resting. And... Um, it's just, it's very strange. And again, I mentioned Amy Allen, but she's going through the same thing. And I thought, wow. You mean where you have to, you have to take a break and, and get away from this all because it can be too much sometimes? Absolutely. Well, I, I made the mistake of, well, I, I don't know if it was a mistake. I was trying to be helpful. Um, I moved to NoHo and that's North Hollywood. Um, if people don't know what NoHo is. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> And I, when I, I remember thinking I'm from the South Bay of Los Angeles, so I'm very, you know, happy there because I was born and raised there. Never, ever want to go to the Valley. I absolutely, I just cannot stand the Valley. I was like, please do not. I was begging God. I'm like, please don't let me have to go there. So of course I went there for work and I was living there working and with over the span of a year and a half. Darn it, we're at that break point. Sometimes that's how it goes. We'll continue our conversation with Tiffany Warren right after this. Into the paranormal.
got everybody safely to their exit as we uh, headed away for just a few short minutes, but we're back now on Into the Paranormal to wrap up our conversation tonight. Those spectral whispers, as we've been discussing. My guest this hour has been Tiffany Warren, psychic intuitive from the Los Angeles area. She's made that very clear, uh, actually telling us uh, about uh, a move that it sounds like she really regretted. Please continue. (laughs) Yeah, North Hollywood, um, really that whole area of of the valley and uh, sort of north of, you know, the west side is just a different kind of active um anyway when i arrived there i ended up over the span of two years clearing and giving readings to about 13 to 14 uh individuals and or families and it was it was a bit much but i wanted to help it was a a couple of the situations just seemed very uh, like a, an emergency, we call it a spiritual emergency, nine one one, and so I assisted. Um, I I wore myself out a little bit, and uh, I needed to take a break, and so yeah, so I've been I've been on break uh, for about seven months, but I feel good. I've come out of it. I started giving readings again, and it's strange because my abilities are. Uh, even stronger now. And what would you say to somebody who is uh, experiencing, uh, say, some strange behavior in their home, whether it's a paranormal or not? I would tell them to reach out to someone who is trusted. Um, I wouldn't reach out to someone who's trying to charge a thousand dollars. Or three thousand, you know, to get something out of your home. I would reach out to someone. Um, who is trusted, they're welcome to reach out to me through soul stories and I can guide them to the people or I can see what's going on in their home. But I do suggest getting someone to look in first. And then you, it's up to you. It's your energy, it's your home, it's your car, it's your office. You make the decision if you want, if you feel comfortable with them coming in. But absolutely get someone to check it out first because you don't want to start bringing in people and they don't know what they're doing. This is something that happens a lot. And it's something that's discussed a lot in this sort of world of paranormal. And uh, it's just people who think they have abilities and they're mistaking their abilities for being open. Everyone is, has the ability to be open. Everybody can feel something or, or see something, but having abilities is totally different. And so, yes, please get someone who knows what they're doing to check it out first and keep yourself um, as calm as you can. Keep yourself protected and just know that we have authority over these things and uh, and that you'll be okay. So don't let it feed off of your fear. Tiffany, as uh, we close things out tonight, uh, tell the audience uh, about your YouTube channel and where they can uh, interact with you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, my YouTube channel is called Soul Stories. There are quite a few YouTube channels called Soul Stories, but you can find me at Soul Stories and search Monster Woman. 
If you put Monster Woman with Soul Stories, you will find the channel. I'd love for you to check them out. Every single story is 100% true of my cases that I've gone out and dealt with. And uh, you can contact me through there or Soul Stories 444 at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, Facebook. I'm everywhere. Be happy to talk to you. Be happy to help you. And uh, hopefully the stories can help you as well. Absolutely. And Tiffany, we so appreciate you coming on the program this evening. Thank you, Jeremy. It was nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tiffany Warren, friends. And, And that'll do it another week that we have spent with you. It is always cherished when we get the opportunity to do so. Hopefully, uh, you are marking your calendars and making your plans to join us somewhere along the road during our Into the Paranormal Roadshow this year, 2024. We've got a couple of stops that we're going to be making, uh, and we hope to see you along the way. You can get more information about that and links to all of the guests and podcasts, social media, uh, find our store, our sponsors, and uh I think that just about covers it all at ParabnormalRadio.com. Make sure you put the B in there. P-A-R-A-B-N-O-R-M-A-L Radio.com. Until next time, from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, I'm Jeremy Scott. Good night, and God bless. God bless.